Hello there, boxing fans around the world. Thanks for joining me once again here on Talk and Fight for another episode of Boxing News Today. And we're going to start off with something that I've never started off the show with before, and that is an apology uh, and not from a, a boxer who has uh, been caught taking drugs. In this case, uh, Jean Kozabutsky has delivered an apology uh, for his actions during his recent disqualification loss to F.A. Ajagba. Uh, and for that, for taking responsibility, i got to congratulate him. Uh, the Kazakh heavy, heavyweight has taken responsibility for his actions during the recent disqualification loss to F.A. Ajagba on August 26th. In his first U.S. appearance, Kazabutsky's behavior marred his previously unblemished record, leading to his disqualification in the fourth round against Ajagba. And it was a fight televised on ESPN, and it saw Kazabowski's uh, record drop to 19-1 and with 18 knockouts. He was deducted two points in the third round and subsequently disqualified by referee uh, Chris Flores at 33 seconds of the fourth round. And the incident cast a shadow over what could have been a career-defining moment uh, for the heavyweight. In an official statement provided by... Uh, the uh, by Kazbowski expressed he regret he, he expressed his regrets for his actions and apologized to various entities, including the WBC, the American Boxing Authorities, and the boxing fans worldwide. Most importantly, good for him. All right, let's move along quickly to the heavyweight division. I see we have the new ESPN rankings in uh, in the heavyweight division. Let's go through them as uh, explained to me by ESPN. It looks like. Tyson Fury is retaining, unbelievably, his number one spot, uh, followed by Alexander Yusik, also previously ranked number two, followed by Deontay Wilder, also previously ranked number three, followed by Anthony Joshua, also previously ranked number four, Andy Ruiz Jr., previously ranked number five as well. Uh, coming at number six, Jilai Zhang, also previously ranked number six. Uh, Jared Anderson, however, has moved up to number seven. And he was previously ranked number eight. Meanwhile, Joe Joyce has moved up to number eight, previously ranked number nine. Whereas Joseph Parker has moved up to number nine, and he was previously ranked number 10. Uh, Philip Hergovic uh, rounds up top 10, uh, coming in uh, previously unranked, by the way, uh, in the top 10 at the number 10 position. Um, and by the way, Dillian White has been removed from these rankings for testing positive for a banned substance. Over to uh, Joe Joyce and Zhilai Zhang. Uh, as we all know, Joe Joyce opted to go into an immediate rematch with Zhilai Zhang after taking a bruising loss to the Chinese heavyweight back in April. And now matchroom promoter, go figure, Eddie Hearn has made his prediction for the fight. Let's have a look at what he says. The first time around, Joyce was unable to evade the solid jabs and big left hooks of the South Zhang at the Copper Box in London and sustained damage to his eye, which slowly closed up before being called off by the doctor in the sixth round. Hearn gave his view on how he thinks the fight on September 23rd at the OBO Arena in London will go, and ultimately feels that it will end the same way the second time around. Quote, I think Joe should wear him down, but I've got a feeling for Zhang stoppage inside six. Others predict uh, Joyce will get revenge, but a second back-to-back -back loss for Joyce would derail any world title hopes he has after building successfully on his Olympic silver medal since turning pro back in July 2017. 
wins over Daniel Dubois and taking the WBO, WBO interim world heavyweight honors against Joseph Parker in 2022. Had him ranked highly, but it would be a long way back after another high-profile defeat at the world level. The six-foot-six, two hundred seventy-eight pound Zhang would remain the WBO interim champion should he win, and will have his sights set on a mandatory world title shot against uh, title holder Alexander Usyk. Though he would come second in the rotation after Philip Pergovic, the IBF's mandatory challenger. Either way, fight fans will finally be happy that big matches in the marquee division are beginning to get made. Now, speaking of marquee matches, let's uh, flip over to Kellenel Alvarez. Story by Dan Ambrose over BoxingNews24.com. He says Alvarez is open to a fight with welterweight Terence Crawford at 168 after his title defense of his undisputed super middleweight championship against Jamel Charlo, and that's scheduled to be held on September 30th. Although Canelo, 59-2-2, admits that it's a crazy fight and he won't receive credit for beating Crawford, he says he's open to facing him if it makes sense. And it is believed that Terence Crawford is looking for as much money as possible before heading out the door. So he's trying to line up a golden parachute, frankly, to give him a, a soft landing into retirement without a doubt. Crawford is also interested in fighting. Uh, Jamel Charlo might be added here. The backlash, however, that Charlo would receive from fans for fighting Crawford instead of David Benavidez, his WBC mandatory, would be huge. It would be transparently clear that Canelo is using Crawford to avoid fighting Benavidez and there would be a cry for him to be stripped of his WBC belt. The way Canelo answered the question about Crawford was very similar to how he responded to questions about fighting David Benavidez, which means he would not be fighting the Nebraska native ever. Canelo is polite when the media mentions different fighters and doesn't openly reject options, no matter how crazy. The one exception to that was when Demetrius Andrade called out Canelo, but that was a different story. Andrade put Canelo on the spot. You never know in boxing. It's possible. Why not? If it makes sense, I'm down to do it. I don't care who's there. I'm always able to fight anybody, said Alvarez. Look, I respect Crawford. He's a great fighter. I always say no disrespect to him, but sometimes it's a little crazy the people talking about me facing two small fighters. Charlo, he's big, and everybody's talking about me fighting Crawford at 147, who is smaller than Charlo. So, the writer concludes, it wouldn't be a big deal for Canelo to fight Crawford if Terrence beats Benavidez and David Morrell Jr. first, but he's not going to fight those guys because they'd likely destroy him. <laughs> Good conclusion. All right, let's move along to an upcoming fight. Uh, uh, Got to admit, this is going to be a tough one for me to pronounce. Former world title challenger, Raddy Voigi, Hot Rod, Kalajigzig, headlines Pro Box TV's Wednesday Night Fight Nights, from the network's headquarters in Plant City, Florida, next week on September 6th. The Belgrade-born Kalajicic, 27-2, 19 knockouts, will go 10 rounds with England's Mickey Ellison, 14-4, in a light heavyweight battle. Hot Rod has been picked up, has picked up three straight victories since uh, falling to the hands of Artur Berbeyev when challenging for the IBF light heavyweight title back in 2019 losing by fifth-round stoppage. He comes off two knockout victories as he attempts a second run at a world title. Ernest Amuso and Guillermo Adrino were dispatched in the first and fourth rounds, respectively, in Tampa and Mexico. 
Um, the evening's chief support will provide boxing fans with a bantamweight clash between former world title challenger Jonah Sultan and Frank Gonzalez. Fighting out of the Philippines, Sultan, who's 18 and 6 with 11 knockouts, collides with Gonzalez, who's 12 and 3, over eight rounds. Also on the night, you're going to see William Foster III, 15 and 0, undefeated, uh, colliding with Michelle Lopez, 14 and 3, on 130 pounds, over 10 rounds with the vacant WBA Feder Centro Super Featherweight title on the line. Another quick uh, fight to announce, prospect Dominic Valle, 6-0, 5 knockouts, and 29-year-old Damian Alcala, 7-2, open the televised broadcast in the Super Featherweight division scheduled for six rounds. Good night of boxing down in Plant City, Florida. Wow, speaking of uh, legendary fighters, let's talk about Manny Pacquiao for a second. He is not done achieving just yet, says James Slater over at Boxing247.com. The eight-weight king, who has one of the most storied careers in long in ring history, aims to make more history. How? By capping off his career with a gold medal win at the 2024 Olympic Games in Paris. According to the Philippine Olympic Committee, the Philippine Olympic Committee President Abraham Tolentino, Pac-Man wants to box in the opening games. His goal is to win gold at the age of 45, who he turns uh, he turns 45 in December, by the way. In 2016, a rules change allowed pro boxers to compete in boxing at the Olympics, and now Manny wants in. Pacquiao is too old to earn a spot via qualifying in the Asia Games next month, but he can qualify via one of two Olympic qualifying tournaments that will take place next year. And this is interesting stuff, and it will be fascinating to see if Pacquiao can qualify and if he can, and then go on to capture a gold medal in France. Most fighters, of course, compete in the Olympics at the start of their ring careers, and if they're good enough, that is. Now, if he is still good enough, Pac-Man will end his ring career by boxing for his country. Imagine if Pac-Man couldn't make good in his lofty goal, thus joining Olympic greats such as Muhammad Ali, Oscar De La Hoya, uh, who Manny... Uh, met, of course, and defeated in the pro ranks, Sugar Ray Leonard, Joe Frazier, and all those other special boxers who picked up a beautiful gold medal. So good luck to Manny Pacquiao in his attempts at a gold medal in Paris 2024. Let's talk about uh, Francis Nagano to close out the show. Curse of a story appearing in BoxingScene.com. It would be the Mount Rushmore of, of upsets. They start off the, this story. Regardless of your generation or of sport of choice, the top candidates for chiseled granite immortality can probably be plucked from a similar crop of wannabes. The New York Jets in Super Bowl three, North Carolina State in the NCAA Final Four, the U.S. men's hockey team in the 1980 Winter Olympics, and of course, Buster Douglas in Tokyo against Mike Tyson. Their images... Joe Namus uh, finger wag, Jim Valvano's hug pursuit, Jim Craig's flag draped search for his father, and Iron Mike's loopy reach for his mouthpiece have, for good reason, lingered for decades past the final buzzers and bells. But they all might be pushed aside come late October. Should Francis Nagano transfer his irrefutable octagonal menace? and land a knockout blow to the chin of unbeaten consensus heavyweight champ Tyson Fury, the next resonance from Saudi Arabia could reshape perceptions of upsets, not to mention boxing itself for several years to come. Forget the odds. 
which have been predictably prohibitive since the idea of the bout was floated. And just imagine the reaction you'd have if the self-proclaimed Gypsy King was laid out for a 10 count. Quote, these guys literally have a 0.001% chance against the top guy, uh, said uh, former IBF middleweight title challenger Billy Lyle. The biggest reason is top-level boxers have sparred them thousands and thousands of rounds and are so relaxed with punches coming at them. They see things better and don't nearly get as gassed. They also not have roll with punches and use bigger gloves to protect themselves. Fury, for all its faults, is a two-time champion who's held every significant heavyweight belt and beaten each of the 30 men he's faced since turning pro as a precocious 20-year-old in 2008. Not only has his run twice lifted into preeminence in the sport's signature weight class and yielded 24 knockouts and 33 wins, but only one judge in his 10 distance fights, nine wins, one draw, has ever turned in a scorecard favoring his opponent. That was Alejandro Rolkin, who's dubious 115-111 lean towards Deontay Wilder in 2018, made that fight the only competitive blemish on Fury's otherwise unchallenged resume. Nagano, meanwhile, has never boxed as a pro or amateur and was steered toward the, the cage by a boxing gym operator who suggested the Cameroonian would not make a living in the ring, rendering the very idea he can compete with a functioning Fury, let alone actually beat him, almost comical. I was in Miami at a convention two years ago and was talking to Jorge uh, Masvidal, a top UFC guy at the time, Lyle said, and he said, you boxers are crazy. The sparring is so much different than UFC. It's always a war, a lot more head trauma. UFC has a lot more weapons, which means more things to practice, less time on doing just hands. If it happens, though, the laughter from the boxing is dead crowd will be deafening. And the scars incurred by the boxing is king crowd might be permanent. Everybody is beatable, said Nagano. I mean, it's not going to be easy. It's boxing. It's a new sport. And even if it's MMA, I never take an opponent easily. Like, I put everything in the work. I give everything in the, in the octagon. It's going to be the same thing this time. Basically, I know that this is a new idea for me. It's not a comfort zone, but trust me, I'm going to give everything. Be ready. And when I get there, I'm going to put on a show. I'm going to give everything in the ring. I think I can take Tyson down. Well, there you go. Boxing fans around the world, you heard it here first. Francis Nagano thinks he can knock out Tyson Fury. Thank you for joining me once again. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and we'll see you later on at 4 p.m. when I join Mike Orr for his show, Knuckle Up, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. See you then. Thank you.